It's time for another episode of your favorite sports podcast by fans and for fans. The Horn Brothers are all here. Let's sound the horn. It's time for another episode of Sound the Horn Podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? Going good. We got baseball. Wild, or we got wild card matchups coming. We got the playoffs. I'm excited. Hello there. Yeah, baseball. Playoff baseball. The Red Sox are now officially, uh, you know, done. So what are we going to do? You know, season's over. It's a little uh, relieving, if you will, I guess. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? They lost. They were not great the second half of the year. But, uh, you know. It's going to be exciting. I think the Dodgers are obviously the team to beat. We had some excitement towards the end. And, uh, yeah, you know, I always got to love October baseball. Do you say the Red Sox are now officially done? Like, I thought it was October 6th, not August 1st. What's what's going on here? Well, no, I mean, as in they don't have any more games that I can watch. Oh, oh, gotcha. Eckersley, okay. Eckersley's now leaving, going back to Oakland. That was sad, you know. I mean, but that's, that's definitely a Red Sox no. – Speaking of teams that have been out of it for a while, so I have a coach that coaches with me that's a big Giants fan, and he goes, hey, I'm still watching every game and cheering because right now they're exactly 500, and they ended the year exactly 500. He was like, that's a win. We didn't end up with a losing season. So you can find things to cheer about when your team's not going to playoffs. I don't like, okay. 500 is that a winning season it's not a losing season but it, I, I said winning? not a losing season isn't that what i said i think it, i think it's a i think it's a, like a tie it's like you know it's a tie season but like it's a tie you season you know it's like it's like a tie you, know? you kissed your sister you, you, didn't, you didn't have a losing a season you didn't have a winning season you got a tie you know overtime clock ran out and it ended the, the ultimate tie. the ultimate soccer record to end the year you know yeah yeah i don't know like would you rather be above five hundred or below five hundred? At least you can be like, you know what? Like we can get that like tie. I don't know. Yeah. I'd rather just win one hundred and eleven games and be the top team in baseball. That's what I would rather. But go Dodgers, go Dodgers. We're gonna talk some playoff baseball here in a second. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit of NFL. I know last week we didn't talk about this, and then you know something else has happened with this. But if you didn't see a couple weeks ago during the Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins-Bills game, Tua takes a big hit, and he goes to get up, and did you guys see, he, like, stumbled as he got up, right? Like, he did not, he didn't look good. He's grabbing his face mask and his helmet, shaking his head, gets up, stumbles, goes to the sideline, and Dolphins are like, he, he oh, it was a back. It was a back issue. Don't worry about that. There ain't <laughs> nothing about what happened there as being a back issue. Yeah. Sticking back in the game, and then – um and then last week on Thursday night, a week ago, he he got knocked like way out, got caught off the field. Luckily, looks like he's he's gonna be okay. Um, but who knows if we see Tua again back this season? It looks like it's trending in that direction. But as you're looking at this, the whole Tua situation, the NFL they've been talking about player safety and head injuries. Like, how did they get this wrong? Like, what what the heck is going on here? There's got to be some. So first of all, we all know, right? Like they already have what they call an independent authority or whatever for these concussion protocols. So well, that guy all, got fired. He lost. Yeah, job. obviously that guy got fired. He got talked into something by somebody. I think that the Dolphins, in all of their ways over the last 
couple of years. Like there's got to be some major, major, major penalties for this because we're talking player safety. He's like, this could have killed him. And it's because they let him come back after that. Like there's no way there is no way after watching the video, that guy should have been back in that game. And obviously he shouldn't have been playing this week either. I'm telling you that that's an error in, in high school sports, the protocols for any kind of like suspected concussion is it's drawn out. You have to go through a lot of different testing. You have to go through a lot of different things. You have mandated rest periods, all those things. You cannot tell me that in the NFL where CTE has been such a a plague on this league, especially where they've been talking about, like Ben said, player safety, especially like quarterback safety and safety and things like that, that that's not a big issue right now. Like, that guy should not have been back in that game and prob- and should not have been playing the next week. Like They need to follow that concussion protocol. That's dangerous. And you can't listen to Tua in that situation because he's a competitor. He wants to be on the field. So obviously he's going to be going out and saying, yeah, put me out there. I want to play. But there's got to be somebody who's willing to take the bullet and say, no, you're not going back in this game. And nobody was willing to do that. That's a Yeah, at the end of the issue. day, this falls, this falls squarely on – the coaching staff of the Dolphins, first and foremost. Second of all, the management of the Dolphins, you know, and and other staff personnel, and then on the NFL for having the independent contractor and letting this happen. That's so I think that the first two most responsible are the coaches and the management of the Dolphins. This should not have happened, especially in today's day and age of what we've talked about with concussion protocols and the tent and going in there and doing all these things, video replay. They can watch any video they want. Anybody could have watched that video and said that has nothing to do with the guy's back. I've had back spasms and back hurting. You never wobble with wobbly legs. That doesn't make your legs wobble. Like, he was doing the wobble, 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 wobble. Are we dancing now, but uh, he couldn't stand up. This is, unacceptable in today's day and age well so the what's weird is he passed concussion protocol and so this is the thing is that he went into the concussion protocol and he passed everything i think there's got to be something in there where if we see in the tape like instability like something's got to be cleaned up with the protocol to make sure that this doesn't happen again right like like when we all see it from home and you're like hey this is clear as day and then he goes and passes concussion protocol you still got to be like no you're not getting back in the field which what this reminds me of, though, like what is worse, Tua going back into this NFL game or uh, 17-year-old Ben Horn playing the whole second half of the game with concussion and no one knew because he had a lazy eye because he didn't have his contacts in, and then getting home and doesn't remember how he got home. and just sat hey, there No, around. drove home. Drove home. Drove home. Drove home myself. All right, copy that. <laughs> drove home, sat in the lazy boy, and we're like, Ben, you're like, what? Like, where am I? What happened? <laughs> I don't even, dude. How'd you remember, get here? I don't remember that game. I don't even remember what game it was. I don't remember what the score was. It's probably the only high school game that I don't remember anything of. Like, I, I have no recollection of that game. So it is what it is. That's I've had two or three well, concussions since then. So. And you look at tonight, a similar situation is what happened to two of the the first time, right? Um, I don't know if you guys saw that that uh, Hines, the running back for the Colts, in their opening possession, came up wobbly the exact same way. Like, couldn't couldn't keep his balance, had teammates holding him up, came out of the game. Like, I think that's something that they – it's sad that there has to be an example like that, but they're going to have to start taking very seriously because that's, that's dangerous. Like, these players are bigger, faster, stronger. That's something that's going to be 
like focused on, you know? Hey, wake up. Dolphins need to wake up. NFL needs yeah. to wake up. Let's go. Well, I hope, hope to, it gets better. I think like we could have a discussion another time about this, but I also wonder about the sur- playing surface that they're playing on because a lot of it, it's not these head to head hits. It's about being taken to the ground and your head smacking against the ground. Right. And so are these artificial turf fields like, the NFL, they make enough money, they should be able to have real grass, right? Like, like there's got to be a way that, like... And did you see that with, with OBJ, uh, Odell Beckham bringing that up with Sterling Shepard? Sterling Shepard... Yeah, Sterling Shepard's knee, knee on a non-contact, yeah. you know, leg injury. And well, it, OBJ's talked about that, that for injuries, playing for the Giants for all those years, too, so... Right, they say the turf, Meadowlands is the worst, but... Turf, it, turf does that, though. It catches your cleats, and it's, it's not good for joints. Yeah, it's just a different thing. It's dangerous. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that another at another time. But also, there was an NFL game tonight on Thursday Night Football. Broncos played the Colts, and it was a battle in ineptitude. If you if you watch that game, uh, field goal kickers delight. Uh, nobody can get into the end zone. But as a what was interesting is in overtime, the Broncos they have the ball. You know, within the five yard line, they're about to score fourth and one. They go for it, and they don't get it. That ends the game. The Colts win. Like, if you're, if you're a Broncos fan or you're just a fan of a team, your team's in that situation, do you want the team going for it or do you want to kick the field goal and tie? They, they probably weren't going to be able to get the ball back. So like, right, so that's – I think that that's – at that point, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Was it a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. we talked about it with the – well, hey, with the, with Texans, the Colts, right? Colts Texans and the Texans, and the Colts, right? Yeah. Right, and yeah. so uh, – I think it's the same thing. They weren't going to be able to get the ball back. So at that point, you're either playing for the win or you're playing for the tie. And you're either going to win or you're going to lose instead of playing for the tie. So I, I like the idea of playing for the – especially in that division where everybody was two and two. Or is that – no. No, the Raiders are only one and three. But, like, there's some comp- competition. There's, they weren't expected to be where they're at. Like, I think you have to try to show that. And I, I like it as a Broncos fan. Go for it. Go for the win. It didn't work out. But it's better than getting a tie, getting a get kicked a field goal and hoping that your defense can hold them without getting another field goal for a tie. Like just I, I like it. I tend to agree. The only thing that, as a Broncos fan, if I was loyal and I'm watching, they have not been able to execute in the red zone all year. So it's just your chances are low of getting the score there. So, I mean, if you're playing the long run, the tie probably helps you later on, but. I'm like, to me, ties are boring. So, I mean, as just a fan of football, I would prefer they go there, go for it. Because like you said, it's either a tie. You're either going for the tie or going for the win. I prefer going for the win. Like play to win, don't play to tie. So um, I also think of this, like if you're a player, right? Like if you're a player, do you want to go out there and tie? No, you want to win. Like, like even if you lose the game, like, it, like players are happy. You put it all out there. Right. Yeah, you can lose a game. You can't lose the locker room. I think like you go for a tie, and the players automatically like give up a little bit on you as a coach. You know, so I think like as a coach, like you've got to you've got to also like show the players like I believe in you. It didn't work out this time, but like we're gonna go be aggressive and we're gonna go for it. Well, I, like I, as a player, I I feel that because when I was in high school, we were playing a state semifinal game against a very formidable opponent, and we scored a touchdown with about a minute left in the game. And that put us down by one. And our coach called the team in and said, what do we do? Go for the tie, go for the win. And the team unanimously said, let's go win this football game. Did it work out? No, it didn't. 
but as a team, we were bought into our coach because, you know, it, we, we wanted to play for the win. We didn't want to play for that tie. And that's what, as players, you want to play to win, you know? You know, hearing both these stories where it didn't work out, maybe you go for the tie. Yeah. Hey, we got, maybe, we got opportunities. <laughs> whoa, 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 time out. Or, you know, there's major other opportunities where the team went for the win and it did work out. Yeah, it did. Statue of Liberty. <laughs> Statue of Liberty, anybody? I mean, you know, <laughs> just saying, go for the dub. They got the dub. After the, the only thing is that they did that after tying like three times in a row, right? No, no, it was just double overtime. It was, it was double the first overtime. overtime. That was the first overtime. Thank you very much. They tied it, it up was. at the end of regulation the with the hook overtime. and ladder, and then Adrian Peterson runs it in. And then first overtime, they got a halfback pass for a touchdown, and then Statue of Liberty to win it in the first overtime. That's, Thank you very that much. That is true. First overtime. All right, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Man, that feels like a lifetime ago for the Broncos. The Broncos won last week, though. Their second half, like that quarterback that they've got, he looks pretty good. Well, yeah, yeah, he he can run the ball. I don't know about throwing it. He looks good running the ball. Well, I mean – it also helps when you can fire your offensive coordinator and then pick up a guy that was, you know, an NFL head coach to be your OC on short notice. Well, they, they scored 35 consecutive points in the second half. So running think, the ball and they ran it and ran it and ran it. It looked good. Yeah. I'm okay. As with a that. BYU fan, I didn't like that, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. All right. One of the big, the big things coming up, we are going to have to talk about BYU Boise State here in a couple of weeks. That game is going to be fun, but Bigger thing coming up. We have October baseball. Let's go. Let's go. Absolutely. Uh, Who was it a single game uh, this week, but last week of the season that was competitive? Right? Oh, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got Yeah, you. you're good now. Okay. I'll edit Sorry, technical up. difficulty a little bit. Uh, one of the things that I didn't like, though, about the expanded playoff, I think I'm for the most part, I'm a fan, but with the teams getting in or just the way that it ended up this season, like none of the games over the last week were like meaningful at all. The only thing that was meaningful was Aaron, Je- seeing if Aaron Judge got a 60 second home run. I don't know that Mets Braves. Mets Braves. Mets Braves. Braves I guess they were playing. Yeah, but but I mean, like this week, though, like the last three games, like last two days of the season, like. None, none of it meant anything. I don't know. It just it felt there have been other times where you've got like three or four teams playing for that one, that last wild card spot, and it, get, it gets right. interesting. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, but like with this new playoff format, what are, like what? Oh, go ahead, Riley. Well, I was say I don't know if that's due to the playoff format. I think that was just kind of due to the way that teams worked out this year, right? Like as a Dodgers fan, the end of the year last year was way more exciting because they were in that neck and neck race with the Giants of like who's going to win the division, who's going to have to play in that wild card game. Right. And this year the Dodgers were, you know, 22 games ahead of the Padres in their division. Right. So it was like, it was somewhat mundane for that reason. I don't know if it's the playoff format that caused that, but I don't know. Still just funny that the Padres go out and get Juan Soto. Can, and can I bring up, oh, they're going to compete with the Dodgers and, you know, they just break away. Anyway, can I, go ahead. can I bring up one thing real fast? Yeah. Can we stop with the Aaron Judge home run king crap? He didn't hit 73 home runs. He hit 62. Can we knock it off? He's the American League home run champ, and can we move on? Like, oh, he's I, over here. He's like 
I saw a thing where he's like, you know, you got all these guys on a podium of hitting these home runs, and then you got Aaron Judge down here celebrating and biting, and he's like tied for sixth. Like, can, can we just leave it alone? He's not the home run champ. I don't care what you say. He's not. Move on. Grow up. This I got so tired of the Aaron Judge thing. Like, how often do we celebrate a guy that came in 11 home runs behind the record holder? Like, this was dumb. Anyways. Soapbox, I'm off. With that being said, though, one thing that I saw that was really funny, as a Rangers fan, right, Globe Life Field debuted in 2020, right? It's already hosted World Series championship game, right? It's hosted a couple no-hitters, Corey Kluber, Joe Musgrove, the 62nd home run, you know, American League record, and none of it was done by a Rangers team. Like, all of it was other teams, so – I mean, Glenway Park has been a part of a lot of history in its, in its two seasons, and none of it was for the home team that's been there. I just thought that's funny. Sorry, I'm sorry. I just got real tired of the Aaron Judge thing and the debate. Like, it's, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Like, well, I think the problem is Roger Maris Jr. Like, keeps it going because he's like he's, he says he considers Judge the real home run team, whatever. Which is ridiculous. You know, I think like – we want a certain level of morality in sports, but if you go, we're not getting, taking away all these other records of guys that were on drugs or that were, you know, see, doing other things. Like it just, I don't know. And we see, could debate I, this all day, but every at at some point, everybody was on steroids during that time frame. The the mounds have been different heights. The baseballs have been made of different things. They've been wound different tightnesses than they have, and bats have been approved. Guys nowadays have the ability to do workouts and supplements and things that guys even twenty years ago could only dream of. The video where they can go back after every at bat and look at every swing. Like, there's always something that's a different edge. Can we just stop? Like, can we just? Well, why why do we talk well, about this in baseball and not other sports, though? Like, nobody why, cares about who's the all-time scores le- scoring leader in basketball or the, you know, the touchdown champion. I guess Peyton Man a little bit, but like, baseball is like they do talk the about all-time like scoring leaders and stuff in the NBA. But my thing is, why is Roger Maris is Roger Maris Jr. even have a say in that? Like, for a long time, his like Roger Maris's record had an asterisk next to it because there was the argument that it was extra games compared to Babe Ruth's like there's always going to be some argument as to like why one record isn't legitimate right so like put it like get past it whatever move on and like it's cool yeah he's the American League king but he's not the home run king I agree with Ben on that one and can we stop saying this is the greatest season ever I mean go back and like through Almanac yeah. and like read some I mean this is maybe the greatest season in the last 10 years I possibly like Miggy hit the triple crown. I think it's up there with that, but look at what Ted Williams did. Look at what like Hank Aaron, like Hank Aaron did. Look at what Lou Gehrig did, what Babe Ruth did. I still say Babe Ruth in 1920 when he hit 54 home runs and, you know, he hit more home runs than any other American league team that season. Yeah. Like there's no comparison, right? Like, Get over it. Ed Williams hitting 406 and hitting power. You know, I mean, right. you know, don't. Prisoner of the moment. Yeah. Oh, Hyperbole. Because yeah. we love Judge or something. I don't know. Like, he's, and he's a, a decent player. guy. He's a good guy. He's a decent guy. Like, I, as a Yankee, as a Yankee hater, like, he's one of those guys that he's not a, he's not an easy guy to hate. He's not a bad person. But it has nothing to do with me with the Yankees. It's just 
Like, let's let's calm down a little bit. Like, it will be interesting to see what they do with free agency. I know, like, he's thirty-one years old. So, how big of a contract do you want to give him? How long? It'll be interesting to see. Let's talk about the playoffs, though. Like, we have a new format. We have so if you guys haven't seen, so we've got the top two division winners in each league get a get a first round bye. So the Dodgers and the Braves don't aren't going to have to play the first round. And then the Astros and the Yankees get a bye in the American League. So then you have the other teams that are playing a wild card series, a three-game series where the um, the top seed gets the gets it at home. So you've got the Rays that are at the Indians for three games. You've got the Phillies at the Cardinals, Mariners at the Blue Jays, and Padres at the Mets, right? As you're thinking about this format, like, you like it? Like, what, what would you change or – how do you feel about this new format for the playoffs? I mean, I like seeing more baseball. I think it's exciting that, you know, we get more teams involved. I think it's cool that it comes. I mean, at the same way it takes away, I, the one wild card game to me was always a struggle, especially when you looked at like last year, how the Dodgers, it came down to that one game where it was exciting. Yeah. But I was more excited you know, it's awesome to be able to see these teams get into it and have an opportunity and have a chance to be streaky. And, you know, I think I think it's cool to have a little bit more baseball. I f- fear that it's going to keep expanding and turn into the NBA where it's like ridiculously long and you lose interest. Right. But um, where it's at, I think it's good. And I think we're going to we're going to enjoy having extra baseball. So. I I'm I'm super happy with where it's at. I don't want to go any bigger. I don't want to go any less. I like the idea that one team gets three games at home in the wild card. It gives you still a good advantage without having to do this back and forth two one. Like it's better than a one game playoff. Um, I, I think that I'm happy. I wanted a little bit more guys in a little bit more teams in, but not over half the league like the NBA does. I think that with where we're at right here, it's a very positive playoff format. I can't really think of a lot of bad that comes from this other than a team waiting a few days if you're the team with a bye. But to help and set your arms up, I don't know why you would complain that much other than a little bit of rust. But as long as we don't switch to seven games in the DS or something, like let's leave it where it's at. I'm happy. I like it where it's at. I am going to miss the one game playing. I, I love those those wild card games i think they were a ton of fun right like it, and you know riley i know you're complaining about the dodgers having to play in the playing game you know what win the division right for the for the majority of major league baseball history you only the playoffs were the world series right like you had to win the pennant or like you like there was no championship series or any of that and so like they've already been expanding i mean like if you wanted to complain about that, I'm like, win, win the division. It doesn't matter that you're the second best team in baseball. Win the division, right? So I think there's a little bit to that. I, I loved it because there was so much on the line. I thought it was great. But I think this is probably more com- – this is a better competitive balance, right? Like you get the better team here. Um, but all right, I'm rambling. Anyway, I, I like this, though. I just oh, I'm, I'm not saying you're rambling. I, I like it. I think it's actually the um, I don't disagree with you. It's hard as a fan and, and the Red Sox never lost that wild card game. 
but it's hard as a fan to see your team lose that one game and be done. But and, and but if your team's playing, not in a wild card game, it's super exciting. Like, it is great. super fun and exciting. <laughs> I mean, I remember some great wild card moments from one and done games. You know, plays at the even, plate and even the know, Dodgers I mean, last year, like it was an exciting game. My thing it wasn't is, when the Red Sox beat up on the Yankees last year. I'm going to bring that back just because we're so bad this year. So my thing is. <laughs> What other point in the entire season do you have to play a team in one game to like square off? Like it's always NFL. I'm saying in MLB. I'm not talking Uh about the NFL. I'm saying at what other point in the MLB season is it just one game? Like you're always playing in a series. So there's the strategy of that. Like I think, I don't know. I think it's just good to keep that in baseball. I think you're going, you're going to this like closer to what the NBA has. I think the one thing with the NBA is, the best team in the league gets the championship, right? Because the playoffs are so long. Like there's like, you're able to get enough of a sample size that the best team ends up winning the finals. Usually the NFL, it's not always the best team that wins the Super Bowl because when it's, when you got one game now there's more predict, it's less predictable. It's more fun. Like there's more hope within that. Like I like the chaos of it, which like March Madness. There's tons of chaos because, like, it's it's one game. Anything that can anything can happen. Now it doesn't now that means that the best team might not win the World Series, right? It's the team that ends up playing well in the playoffs. I think this does help you get closer to the best team as the champion. But is that always the best, though? Is that is that what you we, we always want? And that's not necessarily entirely true. I think that we we're going to end up with a lot of different matchups and different things that you wouldn't get in a regular season situation where best team like if if you're a Dodgers fan right now you got to be a little bit worried about you know starting staff and being able to go through a playoff series and and to hang and keep people when you're facing them two three four five six games in a row like that's something that hurts the Dodgers and has hurt them in the playoffs before so let's wait and see what happens but that's like something you're thinking about you know you've seen these pitchers get hot you've seen these pitching staffs get hot you've seen bats get hot like look what the Red Sox did last year you know, to, to start the playoffs. Then they kind of, their bats went away in the second half of that Houston series. But like, that's what happens in the playoffs. I don't know that we're getting there because you still got a lot of different things that uh, are factors in playoff baseball that make it different than than the regular season. But if, as you're looking at this though, how do you feel about the teams that get, get the buy? Like would, is that too disruptive to the rhythm? I know baseball is like a game of habit, right? So like, do you get out of your rhythm? having this by and having basically like with the rest days, like five days of nothing. Right. And then you have to get back into playoff intensity baseball all of a sudden, like, is that, is that really a benefit or like, would you rather play in the wild card series? I would much rather have the rest. I think that you get to set your lineup up. You get the long seasons, why they call it the dog days of summer you get that opportunity, rest some arms, your bullpen's coming out fully, everybody available. You could set up your rotation however you want. You got your lineup, everybody's getting ice, getting a little bit of massage, and getting healthy as much as they can in a five-day span. I have rarely seen in the playoffs where one of these teams sweeps somebody, and they're like, oh, it's a negative, blah, 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 blah. They get those five, six, seven, eight days off sometimes in the playoffs, and most of the time they're still okay. They may be rusty for a game, but that's what's great about baseball. It's a series. It doesn't take that long to get back into the grind. I'd rather have it set up. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you got a chance to rest your team. You got a chance to get them mentally prepared where they can take their time, like – 
think about stuff, analyze, observe, maybe tweak a couple things here and there and just get them ready to go. I mean, you have a better chance of everyone coming in healthy, everyone coming in ready to go, everyone, you know, locked in. I don't see how a buy is ever a bad thing in that situation. I think it's just going to be good. There's that you're putting too much thought into it. If you think that rest is going to hurt a team, I get momentum, but I just don't think that that's true. I don't know. I might be overthinking this, but it has me worried as a Dodger fan. Like I'm just about getting out of the rhythm, but of course, they haven't been playing meaningful baseball for three weeks anyway. So like that could also be getting them out of their rhythm. Um, as we're looking at this, let's talk a little bit though, this first wild card matchup, you know, just the playoffs in general, dark horses, like who do you got, who are you keeping an eye on that might surprise everyone? Because the last couple of years, if we think about the world series champions, besides the 2020 year with the Dodgers, you know, the, the, the Braves last year, they weren't, I mean, they didn't win the division. They, they won the division kind of at the end, but they had a really good offense, but it's not like they weren't the best team, right? They didn't have the most wins. And then you look the year before that, the, the Nationals kind of squeaked into the playoffs, went in and won the World Series. We've seen this with the Cardinals a couple of times, right? Like, is there a team here that could surprise everybody and, you know, either win it all or kind of sneak their way into the World Series? Seattle, you know, I think that, you know, it's kind of almost a, not a lot of people probably would have had Seattle, you know, even making the playoffs. Like it's where we're at. And I think, Hey, I said that at the beginning of the year, you you go back and and check. I will give you props. I know I'm not saying that you didn't, because I remember you saying that and and me thinking you're crazy. So, but uh, I want to keep an eye on them. I think it's fun. You know, Seattle, they haven't had meaningful baseball, up there in a long time that made the playoffs since 2001 21 years you know i mean that's a long time to have no play playoff baseball and really they've never made it very far in the playoffs when they've got there you know i mean we're talking junior 95 two ways they've been in the alcs twice right i mean junior 95 when he slid in the ds and they made it to the alcs but like you know i want to see the mariners do it so that's, maybe that's more of a cheering than a dark horse so but uh yeah my team's yeah. the mariners as, as much as I cannot stand these guys, you still have to keep an eye on the Padres because they can get streaky. They have a lineup that can get hot, and we all know that the playoffs are about them getting hot. They now do have some guys that have playoff experience. I think that that's just um, something that they have to, like, they got to be careful for, right? Like, you got to watch out for the Padres. And the Mets just, you know, finished. They were in, in charge of the of their division for the whole season, basically lose it to the Braves at the end. You know, that could be a letdown that the Padres didn't capitalize on. You never know. So as much as I can't stand them, you do got to keep an eye out for them. So. I think the Mets are dangerous. They just, they have, they have the arms. I don't know if they have the offense. Seattle, I've watched them play twice. They just, they have a great pitching staff. They don't have a lot of offense outside of Jose Ramirez. Or Rodriguez, like J-Rod, like there's just – there's not a lot of offense there. Suarez can hit a little bit, but like he's super streaky. I just – I don't think the, the Mariners have the bats to be able to compete. The one team that I know we all talked about when we were high on at the beginning of the year and they kind of disappointed this year, but I think keep an eye on the Blue Jays. Like that is a dangerous Blue Jays team. Um, that's one that I 
yeah, I think the, the Blue Jays could make some noise. It would be interesting to see what happens there. Um, let's just go through each wild card matchup. Who, who, who you got real quickly? Uh, ben, Rays, Guardians. Guardians. Riley? I'm going to go Rays. I got Rays. I think the Rays, they always seem to make it, figure it out in the playoffs. The Guardians have really good pitching, though, so it would be interesting to see. All right, Phillies, Cardinals. St. Louis. Yeah, I, I got to go with the Cardinals. Yeah, Redbirds there. Uh, Mariners, Blue Jays. I'm going to go with Mariners just because I want to. <laughs> it's probably the risky pitch or uh, pick, you know, but. Uh, I'm going to be cheering for the Mariners, but I'm going to pick that the Blue Jays are going to win it. Yeah, I got the Blue Jays there. Padres, Mets. Padres. I, I agree cannot, with Riley. You got to watch out for them. You got to watch out for the Padres. I'm cheering for the Mets, so I'm going to pick the Mets. I want, the, as a Dodgers fan, I want the Padres so the Dodgers can smash them again. Let's like, <laughs> let's go, like bring it down. Yeah, rivalry. Yeah, I'll, I'll go, but also the Mets losing the division is that the most Mets thing to do? Dude. <laughs> I saw a video. I saw a video. Game lead, not too like. I saw a video of uh, um, the one where uh, Freeze catches the guy after he's doing this, and they put a Mister Met head on him. And, and like the mascot and the Braves catching them, you know. Hey, I'm gonna hand it to Jerry Seinfeld though. Jerry Seinfeld got pissed when they did the um tr- Timmy Trumpet when they had him there in person and did the whole thing when the Dodgers were playing and they ended up winning that game. And Seinfeld goes on and he's like, This is what's wrong with the Mets. We just acted like we won something, we acted like we are something, and like what made this big production. And he's like, This is this is why we don't win championships because we make a big deal about this stuff. This goes to like storming the field, right? Like he's, he's like, we gotta, we gotta act better than this. We're bigger than this. We got to look forward to more than just having this great regular season. And he was right. It kind of went downhill ever since they did that. Yeah. But that trumpet was cool. Oh, it was cool. That was one of the coolest, <laughs> things, all, was one of the coolest things all year. It's, right. It's one of the coolest things like ever in baseball, like outside of, Enter Sandman from Mariano. Like, I mean, that thing is. Uh, awesome. I think it might be cooler than Enter Sandman. Yeah, I don't know. No one's no one so. like a guy playing a trumpet live. Like, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. All right. As you're thinking about, like, in the playoffs, like, what's more important? Like, would you rather have, we're going to play a little bit of this or that. We're going to do this with college football here in a second, too. But just with, with playoff baseball, a little this or that. Are you picking power lineup or power pitching staff? Which would you rather have? Um, this is just, I mean, from what You're I see, a pitcher, whatever. I'm a pitcher, you know what I'm choosing It's power pitching staff, but I just feel like that commands so much more in the playoffs, like every run counts. And if you can just hold teams at bay, I think that you, you give yourself a chance. If you've got that power pitching staff, you know, manufacture runs on the other side. I think that plays better. And I think we talk about these dominant pitchers in the playoffs so much and how much that matters. So I'm going to go with power pitching staff. Can we discount his opinion? He's biased. He's he's biased, but he's not biased in everything. He's probably probably not. He's probably not wrong on this one. I'm going to, I'm going to go with him. I think that we have seen more and more and more often throughout baseball history, especially more recent, say in the last 25 years where power pitching makes a big difference in the playoffs if you got guys that can pitch madison bumgarner literally like led the giants to two world series titles by himself like um so 
I mean, as a Red Sox fan, I've seen David Ortiz do it too with power lineups and, and things. But I think at the end of the day, I think I'd rather have the pitching staff. It's just more consistent. Bats can go quiet without any warning. Oh, I just look at what the Braves did last year. Like that lineup just wore everybody down. Like there just were no easy outs. Um, I mean, you're probably right. Like, like having the staff, but I don't know. Like you, some of these lineups are so deep. There's just no easy outs. Yeah, but I—I I mean, I think, we've I think also that's seen. wishful thinking on our side as Dodger fans, though, right? Is that the power lineup's going to get it done? Because that's well, I don't the, know. the Dodgers I think, do have the staff as well. But. I think they—they're going to need the pitching, though. I—I I think their lineup is good. It's deep, but a lot of the guys outside of the top three really haven't played that well this year. So it has me a little bit worried. All right, what about small ball or playing the long ball when you when it comes to playoffs? Long ball. I think that let's go back to, you know, it's one of those things that I've never been a small ball guy. Anyways, I don't like the sacrifice bunts and giving the team free out and, you know, we can go along and along. I've just never <clears> been a small ball guy. Get up there, swing the bat, hit the ball, swing the bat, hit the ball, swing the bat. You know, I mean, that's where we're at these days. Like these guys can hit, anybody can put it over the fence and sometimes it takes a bloop and a blast and bam, you won the game. And I'd rather do that than try to play small ball. Too many errors, too many problems. This isn't 1920. Let's, let's, let's swing the bat. Uh, I'm going to go and kind of small ball, but not like, I don't want to see sacrifice bunts and everything, but I think you have to find ways to manufacture runs when you get into the playoffs. Like you got guys in scoring position. You got to find a way to get them in. You got guys on base and it's late in the game, and it's a close game, quit just swinging for the fence every time. Find a way to get that guy in. And I think that in the well, day that's of situational the, hitting more than – In the day and age of the shift ball. and everything like that, I think you just – it's manufacturing. Like, But that's part of small ball is situational hitting, like understanding that you're not just swinging deep every single time, right? And so I, I'm going to say that matters more in the playoffs because the long ball is unpredictable. I mean, blooper to blast is great, but there's also times where you need productive outs. I think put the ball in play, good things happen. Not always, but I'm also, I was the king of the drag button, sacrifice button. That's how I got on the field a lot of times playing baseball. I'm just going to name that there. Because you didn't have enough power to hit it out of the infield. No. Well, when you're five six, 105 pounds as a high schooler, you know. When like the bat weighs much. as much as you do, then yeah, yeah it's harder. Yeah, bat swings you, you know, like it's hard. Yeah, I'm... I, I'm, I'm with Riley though. I'm not like small ball, like where where it's all like bunts or everything. But it's, I'm talking about situational baseball, and I think we've gotten away from that. And you look at what the Royals did in 2015; they weren't the best offensive team. They just put the ball in play, right? And like you get the ball in play, reduce some of the strikeouts. You're going to hit some home runs, but you can't you can't always be swinging for the fence. You got to be able to be smart and be able to move runners along. Have productive outs you're going to win some baseball games you could be a power lineup and still know how to hit i think there's a big difference in that i mean i, I don't think those are one and the same i don't think power baseball necessarily means that you're always swinging for the fences and striking out at 200 times a season you know there's it's called situational hitting for a reason and trust me david ortiz hall of famer a great hall of famer david ortiz he's situational hit he didn't strike out a ton he wasn't always swinging for the fence well, that's what made him and him and Manram so unstoppable, especially that 07 season. Like they just, it was every time they were at bat, it was a productive at bat. Like they right. were going to make you work. Right. And sometimes they hit home runs, but they just, 
They were that's what you still would call it a power box. lineup, right? They were playing but they small manufactured, ball. But they manufactured they a lot small of small ball. Well, they I mean, were outside of those two, though. Everyone else was. It was situation like they were. They were stealing bases. You know, Johnny yeah. or not not Damon. It was Ellings Ellsbury was getting on and stealing bases, and they were you know moving runners along just to get there for Poppy and Manram to do something with them. I don't swing, know. Swing the bat, and part of swinging the bat is doing your job and knowing what you're supposed to be swing doing when you're swinging the bat. But that's I digress. All right, what about Moneyball? I duck? sound like a like, hitting what? coach. Yes, hitting, swing the bat. <laughs> Situational hitting. You sound you sound just like the catcher that I had for like all of college. That was like, I just want to hit, coach. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to hit. Let me hit. Well, so when you get to the playoffs, though, would you rather go analytics or manalytics? Manalytics. Uh, and I don't know how you get to, and I'll go into it now, and then I'll let you guys take it. But there's no way that you could ever defend the analytics side of baseball in the playoffs because you've seen it so many times with Alex or not Alex Cora with uh, Dave, Roberts. Is, Dave Roberts over there in, in LA, like how you can justify that they pulling guys. It's never worked out for him when he goes to analytics route on the playoffs. It doesn't seem like in the playoffs, you just, you got to go with gut. Sometimes you got to put a guy out there when he probably should be pulled or let a guy swing the bat or, you know, and you may lose on it, but, there's a yeah. big difference between analytics of regular season baseball versus playoff baseball. And there's something in there. It's called the clutch gene or, you know, if, just pure David Poppy, David Ortiz. -ness. If Rich Hill is straight dealing in the fifth inning, don't pull him out of the friggin' ball game, right? Like, yeah, the analytics will tell you to do that all season, but come on, man. And it killed us two years in a row, <laughs> right? Like, it killed us two years in a row. And then uh, fortunately in 2020, though, Tampa Bay was dumb enough to follow our mistakes and, and pull their guy in the sixth inning. And we win the World Series because of it, right? Like, I, I just think you've got to trust in the guys that, that are your guys, right? Let your dudes play. Look at the Nationals when they won the World Series in uh, a couple years 19, ago, 19. 2019. In yep. 19 when the Nationals won the World Series, right? Like, they won it with their guys going out there, and they just rode the backs of their two best pitchers and let them do their thing. And they did have some clutch performances from other pitchers, but, dude, let your guys play. They're out there. Let them do it. You know, I would like for us to have one baseball question on here where Ben doesn't find some way to connect it to the Red Sox, right? Like, like you go like, – Impossible. It's impossible. That's what I know. This is this is a show for fans by fans, and I'm a fan, no matter like, how bad we are. Like, didn't we already talk about how the Red Sox are done this year? But, like, you're like, well, we're not going to let this go. It's just going to keep coming back. It's, you know, like – it's like a bad dinner, you know. So it's, it keeps coming back, right? Like it's, it's going to make it. It's going to make its presence known. Leftovers yeah. for a week. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm mostly with you guys on on the guts. I think there are some things though where, like you had like Grady Little that didn't pull, you know, Pedro, right? Like the in that in '03, and the Yankees came back, or you got the like Kershaw that was left in a couple couple times too long against the Cardinals in the playoffs and they got roughed up. So like, I think there's a little bit of both. Like you want the guys to be like, yeah, I want the ball, but you also have to look at what's happened, like understand the data and what you have 
and make a decision. I easier. Yeah, said so than I done. feel like no matter what you do, I, you're going to be second guess. I, I agree with you, but I feel like that even on those those both of those that you're saying, those are still gut calls. They're just bad gut calls. They were the incorrect gut call. There was no analytics involved about Pedro pitching in the eighth inning of the game seven of the ALCS. Like, there's no analytics. Well, there's no when, like, when you're pulling Rich like, Hill, and, you don't, you don't, when you're you pulling Rich Hill after five innings when he has like not given up a hit, that's analytics playing weirdos. Well, because you're saying that you don't want to see him the third time around because that's bit them in the butt before with with Clayton where they kept but him in already the third time the lineup. I yeah, guess that I, you're, I think those are still gut calls or just bad gut calls. You are fake news. Get out of here. All right. Let's I'm, I'm excited though. It's gonna be fun. Playoff baseball, October baseball is always fun. Um, hey, it's great. I got tomorrow off, Saturday off, Sunday off. I'm gonna watch a lot of baseball. Yeah. Have fun with that. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Well, this weekend I'm not gonna watch a whole lot of playoff baseball because I am heading over to Las Vegas to watch BYU play Notre Dame in Allegiant Stadium. Super excited about that to be able to see a game live and get into Allegiant. I've driven past that stadium so many times, and so I'm excited to be inside. If you guys, you guys to see the, so I think this is probably uniform matchup of the season here. Notre Dame with the all white, BYU going with the black uniform with the the faded gradient helmet. There we go. Got it. I had to close. Oh, it. All right, all right, all right, right. My bad. My bad. Hard it. Viva you just made one of our listeners happen. wreck in the middle of their drive. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> they just like swerved off the road and rolled their car, dude. What? <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer. Don't, don't see what's <laughs> we are not responsible for your driving <laughs> habits, but I, I'm excited to see this game. But like, just look at the uniforms, though. If you're if you're just picking this game just off the uniform, what what are you going? You got the Notre Dame with the gold helmet and the all whites, or BYU with the all blacks with the with the blue fading to black. I'm I'm gonna pick the BYU all black. I think that those uniforms are slick. I've always kind of liked the all black in football. I think it just looks clean, and that helmet is pretty sweet. Like it's not too much, but it's just the right amount of flair. I, I gotta go with that. It looks it looks good. They they do look pretty. I've always been a major fan of all black uniforms. Boise State's going with a similar one this weekend, and uh, so I, I like that. I, I've always been a fan of the black, especially when you mix it with the blue, like they're doing. Um, yeah, it's definitely way better than the Notre Dame white ones. Like I've never been a big fan of the all whites. Now when they do the white out, it at Penn State and College Station, like or not College Station, uh, it's in Texas. Um, where's that school at? Awesome. Anyways, no, Penn State. Anyways, Penn State. Oh, State College. State College. State I knew college. it was college, not College Station. College um, Station's A and M. I know. Yeah. I knew that was A and M. But they do the you know all whites and the white out and the crowd wears white. Like that's cool. But it, the the BYU ones are definitely better looking. They're they're good looking uniforms. I've always loved black unis with, especially mix it with a blue or an orange or something crazy. Right, football fashionista over here. Like I am still a fan of Texas's all white with the white helmet too. The stormtrooper look like it's pretty slick. I I, I, I can go for a good all white every now and then. Yeah, Boise Texas State does that too. The stormtrooper one. Boise State yeah. has a stormtrooper. I like it too. Yeah, yeah. And, and at least Notre Dame's not changing 
the helmet, right? They're they're sticking with the gold. They're still doing their gold. I, I mean, mean they have to have a gold helmet, right? I think, well, yeah, but they've done that a couple times where they've changed the helmet, taken the gold helmet away for like a game or two, and done some weird things, and that's like didn't, absolutely sacrilegious. Didn't they have like a yellow helmet, like it wasn't. They did gold, something like yellow, weird like, and then had it on the side. I don't even know. It was yeah. dumb. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm just excited. I'm excited to be at the game. Hopefully, get a BYU win. I know Notre Dame starting. Their running back is talking trash on on BYU. He's saying that they don't have the personnel to stop them and he, he might be right because they can't stop the run we'll see we'll see what happens but let's just go like pick real quick though a couple of the games that i think are intriguing this weekend so you got tcu kansas game day in lawrence kansas for the first time ever what's going on in kansas they're winning well, like, not for the first got? time ever first time ever for football they get there all the time for the college game day basketball well that's not i mean i do like but, the, hey it's awesome it's football i mean it's too bad kentucky lost because we were having some fun with some college basketball basketball football. yeah but you got tcu and kansas both undefeated big 12 matchup uh, who you got tcu or kansas in this game i'm gonna go with kansas i think that there's an emotional thing there i think that there's an emotional factor with the game day thing. And I think, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but TCU had an injury or a suspension. I can't remember which. That's pretty important. That's going to hurt them. Um, yeah, their top defender, he he went headhunting against OU on their quarterback. Tried to oh, fly. that's right. Yep, he's out for it. Yep. Yeah, so that's going to hurt. I, I, I'm still going to go with Kansas. I think they just the emotions and everything else. Having the home game, I think that uh, – give me Kansas. I – I'm going to go with Kansas, too. I think they're just an overall better football team. And I think they're just kind of, you know, proving people each week that they are legit. And I kind of want them to keep going. Like, yes, we are legit a football team. We're proving that we are, you know, one of the top dogs this year. So let's go, Kansas. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go TCU because for Ben, what you're saying with the emotional thing, with, with game day being there and everything, I think that it's, you put all of that emphasis in one game, it might be really hard for players. Like, they could be pressing. I think that Kansas goes out. They might be a better football team, but I think TCU wins this one. Also, love TCU just destroying OU last weekend. Like, that was beautiful. Beautiful. Love it. Let's make that happen. Oh, and it is it is Texas OU weekend. It's 1026 p.m. here. And, yes, OU still sucks. Texas fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. So, OU Texas, who you got in this game? I'm going to I'm going to go Longhorns. I think that like I've never been a fan of Oklahoma either and even more reason not to be a fan ever since 2006 when when the Broncos just went and took it from them. So I'm going to back up my my older brother in his second favorite place and I'm going to go with Texas. I'm also going with Texas. I, you know, the other thing I'm super happy about is that they continue to play this game at the old Cotton Bowl. You know, I mean, I'm glad they haven't moved it to Taj Majeri or something dumb. Like they still bring it down to the old Cotton Bowl, bring that game at the State Fair. I might have to, you know, wake up early and deep fry me a scone or something and put a little cinnamon sugar on that bad boy and and sit down and wear you know, a Texas hat and and, and cheer for the Longhorns. You know, I think that Red River rivalry is one of my favorite i'm not a big texas fan i kind of am i got 
One of my best friends, Cody's Texas fan. Danny obviously got his masters there. Big Texas guy. So, you know, they're kind of there in my heart, but not like, but still there's something about that game that is just next level and has always been every time, even if it's both teams are terrible. It's still something. There's always something there. Hook them. Hook them. Texas goes to the state fair, comes home victorious. They wear the golden, golden sombrero. They bring it home. Texas is going to win this game. Quinn Ewers is back. Oklahoma's out. Their starting quarterback could be out, which reminds me, we might have a sighting of the greatest college football name ever. Backup quarterback for Oklahoma, General Booty. Hopefully we get a booty sighting this game. Uh, <laughs> that, that would make it, that would make this worth it, you know, for Oklahoma. We just we gotta make sure that General Booty gets into the game here. That would that would be great. Yes. All General right. Booty reporting for duty. Yes. All right. BYU Notre Dame. Who you not winning? Winning that the BYU Notre Dame game. I'm I'm probably going to go a little bit of a fan thing. Like I said, BYU same thing. I'm not. They're not my number one favorite team, but I do cheer for them quite often, and I absolutely hate Notre Dame. So you know, it's just it's the way it is. We're going to go ahead and go with. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go with BYU taking a dub. Yeah. I think I've got to, I've got to pull BYU too. I don't know that I'm a big fan of Notre Dame. I think that they've been overrated, and I think that it's about time BYU kind of proves that to them. And I think that you know, let's let's go take it, right? Yeah, I I hope BYU wins this game. I think Jaron Hall is going to have to be the difference. I think that's that's this is where he gets drafted. So I'm going to take BYU in this game. And my blue goggles are completely on as I say that. So hopefully it comes, it comes out. And then Boise State, kind of a big game this weekend. They got Fresno State at home, right? Who you got in the in this Broncos matchup? I'm going to go ahead and I want to go with Boise State, so I'm going to go with Boise State. And it's a little bit of a it's at home. I think they're they're still finding out this offense. I'm pretty excited about. You know, the ability to run the football, they just kept doing it and they didn't give up. And, uh, you know, they're not going to be a great passing team this year after Bachmeyer enters the transfer portal. You know, you got this young quarterback, but he looks like he can run the ball. He's going to work on his throwing and we'll get there. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, put it down on the board. Boise State beats him. Yeah, fan, go- fan goggles are going on with Ben here. I got a chair for Boise State. I just – God, I believe that good is going to come from this season. So let's let's look for some positive. I think they're going to hopefully roll with that last win, and hopefully their offense is going a little bit, and they can they can roll on into another win. And as bad as it is, they they, they haven't lost a Mountain West game yet. So you know, there's there's something. Yeah, I, after watching them put up 35 unanswered points in the second half against San Diego State, I'm like. A little more optimistic. I think they take down Fresno State. And if they win this game, Air Force is going to be a tough matchup. You know, but they, they're still in contention for the Mountain West Conference. I think that's, that's going to be reassuring, even though they, yeah, they might not win a conference game, a non-conference game all year. Well, they did beat Tennessee Martin, but, you know, you, you know they're not doing well, but if they can win their conference games, that's all that matters, right? Oh, and, then, and then when they beat BYU, but we'll get into that later in a couple of weeks. Don't worry about that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that one. Yeah. Anyway, good talking to y'all. Good seeing you. Um, 
hope that you all have a great weekend. Enjoy. There's lots going on. So got some college football. I've got the NFL. You've got Major League Baseball. This is the fun time of year when everything's happening. And and geez, just here in a couple couple weeks too, like a little over a month, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have the World Cup too. So it's busy fall. Lots of lots of stuff going on. Yeah, I can't wait for the World Cup. Man, I do love me some World Cup. It is gonna be weird having the World Cup like in the winter time. Yeah, we'll give you like sixty seconds of soccer once the World Cup starts. Ben, you can. You, can talk. <laughs> you think that I won't take more than that? <laughs> I mean, I know how to mute you as you're talking. So That's anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. And as always, check us out on Facebook. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like. If you disagree with us, if you think Aaron Judge is the home run champ, you're wrong. But Put you put it out there. You know, but go ahead and go think. ahead and give us the reasons of why you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. you know, like, uh, we'd, we'd love to hear wrong. it. Yeah, um, <laughs> or let us know what you're excited about. If you have something you want to talk talk to us about, well, we'd love to hear it. Uh, just not my fantasy football team, or that doesn't exist. Anymore. We're not going to talk about that. We do need to bring that up a little bit. I did lose to Riley. That's a little rough. Yeah, he Riley's first win. I I got my first win against the big bro who was talking so much trash last week. Perfect managerial action going on here for my team, and we picked up a dub. Yeah. Hey, is there anything worse than – so what's worse? <laughs> what's worse, Lions defense or the Broncos offense? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Or the Ooh. Bears offense? No, I think the Broncos offense right now is still worse than the Bears offense. It's close. It's close. But uh... – yeah, I, it, might, it might still be the Broncos' offense. That offense is absolutely terrible, as Charles Charles Barkley would say. Like, you know, if the Lions had a bad defense, they would be three and one. But because their defense is horrendous, like they they're <laughs> one three. If they could just swap defenses with Alabama, they'd probably be three and one. I, <laughs> I mean, speaking of bad Chicago offense, I literally went and picked up the Vikings' defense this week just because they're playing Chicago. Like, yeah, that's figured, probably a good. Move. I could get some points there. <laughs> that's a smart that's move. A, that's a good move. That's a good move. All right. Um, yeah, check us out Apple Podcast. Spotify, you know how to find us. Let us know. I think I'm going to try to drop us on uh, maybe on working on Amazon this week and see what on this weekend. So keep an eye out for that if that's where you kind of get your podcasts, wholly different area. So, yep. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you all. Have a great week. We out. <laughs>